Marketing Your Private Practice is a podcast where you'll learn easy to implement tips and strategies to grow your business without spending all day online. I'm your host, Kathy Koliakovo, and I teach practitioners the Thrive Marketing Method to create simple and streamlined plans by focusing on long-term strategies, not just social media. Discover ways to spend less time on your marketing, attract more clients, and build the financial freedom that comes with a thriving practice. One where you have time left in your day for the people and things that matter to you. Hey, Private Practice Heroes, this is Kathy Koliakovo, and thanks for tuning in today. We're going to be covering all sorts of best practices when it comes to using social media to market your practice or business. And today's episode was inspired by a lot of questions I've had asked over the past month or so. Some were from a new cohort of my Thrive Marketing Academy, and some were from folks taking part in my free Create Your Irresistible Lead Magnet training. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for any time at all, or been on my email list too, you know that I preach that social media should not be the be-all and end-all of your marketing plan. Yet here I am devoting a whole episode to it, but that is because many folks in their quest to get their marketing working or to just get it done misunderstand some of the things that you're doing that are actually hurting your efforts, not helping you. Social media works way better if you are making sure you have optimized your four pillars of marketing a practice or business online. And those four pillars are your foundations, your messaging, your content, and your systems. They're the real base of everything I teach in the Thrive Marketing Academy. And when they're all working together and running smoothly, that means your marketing is going to be working better as well. And it's going to be a lot easier to do. It will take less time to get done. It will get you more results. And more results basically means you're getting more traffic to your website, more leads coming into your door, and more sales. More sales is all about more clients, more revenue, more income, however you want to word it. It's all about the stuff that's going to sustain your business for the long term. This is why it's important we have these four pillars in place. And when you do, that's when the marketing you're doing on social media works better which is why these different items that I've been finding people doing lately in marketing reviews or assessments or asking me questions about, well, it sometimes shows that they're not quite sure how the big picture of marketing is working, how those four pillars are connecting. And that's why I wanted to bring up this list that I've been making on the post-it notes on my computer. I want to make sure you have a good idea of what you need to be doing with these specific elements relevant to social media so that you can ensure they work better for you. There's seven different items I'm going to bring to your attention today. And as we go through the list, I'm going to explain to you what people are typically doing that I find, why it's a bit of a mistake, and what you should be doing instead. So are you ready for this? I want you to get out your notebooks or your notepads online, and I will definitely be doing a transcript for this episode So if you don't want to worry about taking notes, don't worry about that right now. Listen in and you'll be able to grab the transcript from the show notes page that you'll find at marketingyourprivatepractice.com slash 72. So here we go. The first thing on my list is one of the biggest mistakes I see people doing over and over and over. And I've seen it several times in the past month. And by auto posting on Instagram, I mean posting something on Instagram and using that easy button 
to post the exact same thing on Facebook at the exact same time. People do this trying to save time. And don't get me wrong, auto posting is great. That's one of the modules of training on systems I do in the Thrive Marketing Academy, how you can be scheduling content and auto posting things. But when you post a piece of content from Instagram, exactly as you post it on Instagram and put it on your Facebook page, a lot of the time the content you're posting there is a waste, a total and utter wasted piece of content. Now, this isn't the case with every single type of post, but it is the case with the type of content where you're looking for someone to take action, a sales post as I call them. The problem comes about is when your Instagram content has a call to action that instructs people to click the link in my bio. Well, that doesn't exist on Facebook and this confusion leads to missed opportunities. Instead, you could take 30 seconds and I do it in 30 seconds, by the way, and it's all it takes. You customize the post for Facebook with a clickable link. So all you do here is swap out the CTA that says click the link in my bio and change it to click this link here and have the link. Then I also recommend scheduling it at a different time because this increases your chances of reaching a broader audience. So if you're auto posting and doing sales posts in particular and posting them to Instagram and Facebook at the same time and not changing anything out, reconsider this tactic because you're literally wasting every piece of content like that you put on Facebook. It has no hope of getting people to take the right kind of action at all. You're just confusing them. They don't have a link to click and you could have put that there instead. So that is mistake number one. And that's a big one on my list. The next thing on my list is I want to remind everybody once again, because I've done this before, you've got to stop using those link and bio tools for your Instagram profile link. In fact, Instagram has made it so much easier for you now. You can put more than one link on your profile on Instagram, but I'm still seeing people use these link tree links all the time, all the time. And here's why I never recommend it. You are literally blocking the progress of your foundation of your website by doing this. And what I mean is we have 10 different foundations that help you when it comes to marketing your business online. Your website is one of them. You want to get traffic there. You want traffic to come there so that not only you're getting people to your website and visitors, but that the search engines see this activity. Every time you send people to your Linktree website, the domain for Linktree is getting the credit for that traffic, not your domain. And you know what? Most of the time, people's links to their Linktree pages, all they do is take people right back to your own website. You've got to skip the middleman here and stop doing this. Change it in one of two ways. You can make a page just like those Linktree ones. And I explained all the details on how to do this in episode 18 of my podcast. And in fact, there's a download there on what to include on your own Instagram landing page, which is what I call them. I will put a link to that in the show notes for you. The other option is use the up to five links that you can now put on your profile and just put the direct links there. That one I explain more in episode 49 because it is a new feature that came out that people don't typically know is there yet. So you could do one of these two things, and that will help you start getting more traffic to your website and getting the Google love to your domain, not somebody else's. 
Now, for the third item on my list, I'm going to pop over to LinkedIn here because we've been having a few more questions on LinkedIn lately from folks in my Thrive Marketing Academy. And there are a couple new things that have changed, definitely. I mean, all of these social media channels change over time. It's why folks like me can do articles and lessons like the one I'm doing today to help educate you on some of the changes with social media. So now with LinkedIn, you have an opportunity to have a professional profile or a creator profile. And this is confusing some folks. I'm getting asked, what do you use, the professional one or the creator one? So I want to make clear that there's a couple of things that will affect your decision to decide, are you going to be a professional profile or switch to the creator one? But you have to think about how you're connecting with people online because this is going to be part of the decision-making here. So with the two profiles, the professional profile is your typical normal one. We've had it all along. The new one, this creator profile, when you switch to a creator profile, you're basically telling LinkedIn that you create content and write content to share online and that you usually have a few specific topics that you focus on. And this is where people get confused. So what should I be, the creator or the professional? So here's the deal. A creator profile, in my opinion, is more for the person who is going to be creating content on a regular basis, maybe putting articles on LinkedIn or putting out a lot of posts with tips and information and other things like that on your LinkedIn profile. So if that's you and you're going to plan to use LinkedIn in this way, I highly recommend you consider switching to the creator profile. There's a couple added benefits you get to doing this, like some extra features on your profile that you can add in that people who aren't connected to you can see. It allows for people to be able to follow you instead of just connect with you. And that lets them get your updates without actually connecting with you. For professional profiles, if you're using LinkedIn more for business, networking, connecting with people, and you're not creating a lot of content, writing articles or tips, sometimes I find folks in the HR industry or sales are going to be people that really want to stick to the professional profile. Maybe you're using it for a job search, networking, things like that. In that case, you probably want to stick to the professional profile. That's a choice up to you, but those are the two differences. Now, the next item on my list is also related to LinkedIn. And we had this come up recently. It was like somebody was asking, when I'm trying to connect with people, now it says follow. So what does that mean? So here's the thing. Do you connect with people now or do you follow them on LinkedIn? Well, understanding this is actually done by understanding a few things. What's the difference between a LinkedIn follow, a connection, and a contact? And I'll tell you, it was a lot simpler in the old days when LinkedIn only had contacts. But now they have these three things. A contact is somebody you've sent a message or invitation to on LinkedIn. And you can also save people in your contacts by syncing contacts from other sources. A connection is a contact you actually have a first degree connection to. So you can connect with them by sending them the invitation. You now both have said, yes, I want to connect. So you're considered that first degree connection. And that allows you both to see the content that you put out there as well. A follow means you can see the other person's posts that you're following and articles, and you'll see that in your homepage feed, but you're not actually connected to them. And that means the person you're following is not going to see your content. By default, you will automatically follow any first degree connections, and you can always unfollow them too. 
But with this new creator profile, this is where the confusion has come in because now people see a follow button on somebody's profile instead of a connect button that they were used to. So here's the deal. People with a creator profile have a follow button instead of a connect button on their profile. Okay. So when you click follow, you're not fully connected to them. And you have to take that next step, which is to click the more button that you'll now see there. And one of the options in that dropdown is to connect with people. If someone has a professional profile, you'll see the connect button. But if you click under the more button, you'll see the follow button as well. So the rule of thumb here is if someone is a creator and you want to fully connect, don't just follow them. Hit that extra step, click the more button and click the connect as well. And of course, anytime you're trying to connect with anybody, don't just use the auto LinkedIn message about connection. Add a personal message to it so people understand why you do want to connect with them. So depending on the other person's profile setup, you might see a follow button, you might see a connect button. Decide what you want to see as content if you want to make that full step and become a connection. And then that will help you decide if you're going to hit follow, connect, or both. Now, for the next item on my list, I'm going to pop back over to Facebook because I get a common question all the time about Facebook. And that is, how do I tell if I'm on my personal Facebook or my business page on Facebook? So here's how you tell the difference. A personal Facebook profile will have an option for people to friend you. A business page will have an option for people to follow or like the page. That's the biggest difference. Another way, and this is how I like to make sure I don't get confused, is I like to have a different profile image on both of them. I use my face, so my profile on both. I don't put my logo for my business on there. So what I want to make sure I do is that I have one image on my personal Facebook profile and one on my business way. And that way, I know whenever I'm in Facebook, if I'm Kathy the person or if I'm Pepper at Marketing, my business page. I know the difference automatically because I know which photo is which, and that's one easy way to tell the difference. The bigger way is to look at the profile and see, do you have an opportunity for people to friend you or is it an option to follow? And ideally, you've set this up so that you, the person, have opened a personal profile and then you open a business page for your company, your business, or your practice. The way you want to be set up on Facebook is that you want to be the person and you want to have friends but you, the person, also has a business, same as in real life. So you want to have that business page where people can follow and like. And I get that not a lot of people are using Facebook in this day and age. A lot are actually abandoning Facebook and fewer people are starting to use it. But there are still some big business benefits to having a Facebook business page. So even if you might not actively use it every day, just put something on there once a month and keep it active but have it open because it does give you some opportunities for online visibility because of the setup of Facebook business pages. Now, often when we're talking about this number five item on my list, personal or Facebook business page, we often end up talking about number six on my list here, which is people always want to keep their personal Facebook separate from their business. And that's great because Facebook is built that way so that you, the person, can open that business page on Facebook. It is designed for you to be a person and be able to use Facebook personally and connect with your friends, but it also has the business use as well. Many people struggle with keeping them separate. 
Some create a second profile for their business, which actually is violating their terms of service, and you're risking getting your account closed if you do this. So, and I get it. You might not want your personal life out there. You might only want to connect with your friends and close family on Facebook, but you have to remember you're in business and you still need to market yourself. And while you don't have to friend everyone, locking down your privacy settings too much or using a fake profile, a second profile, I guess is not really fake, but doing this can make it harder for people to do business with you. If you optimize and lock down your personal profile with a bit of business information, like your employment details, linking to your Facebook business page, having your website on there, having a business contact information, What you do here is you let people be able to connect with your business while keeping your personal side private. I had a client who made these changes and she received five consult requests within 24 hours because before the fixes, people couldn't find her. And then she fixed them up. She did what I said when I teach people how to optimize their Facebook profile for business reasons. So be sure that you are not locking yourself out of potential business opportunities by locking your personal Facebook down too much. Yes, you can put your privacy settings there so people can't find your friends. They can't get your personal information and they can't see what you've posted personally. But you've got to open up that personal profile with your business information to help people be able to reach out to you. Optimizing that profile is key here, not sharing everything with the world. Now, the last item on my list I want to mention is a feature on Instagram not everybody knows about, not everybody will probably use, but it's really cool, especially if you do any collaborating work with others. So it could be you're running a program together. Maybe you have a podcast together. Maybe you have guests on your podcast. Maybe you have speakers come into your business. So using the Instagram collab post option is really going to be helpful for you here. This allows you to co-author posts on Instagram with other Instagram users. And here's how it works. The creator of an original post can invite another account as a collaborator. If that person accepts the invite, their username on Instagram will be added to the post and the post will be shared on their feed with their followers. Accounts that accept a collaboration invite can see all the likes and comments on the post. So it's almost as if you each made that post on your Instagram feed and you can both kind of control it and manage the comments and reply to them. And this is a really powerful tool. So I want to make sure you do not abuse it because if you start collaborating and putting people on as a collab on Instagram and you really are not doing that, you could run into a lot of trouble if people start complaining because the invited person can remove themselves from the post as a collaborator at any time. And so can the creator of the original post. They can remove the other person anytime. Now, I want to give you a good example of a good time to use this. And honestly, it's something that I haven't been using myself as much and I need to start doing more. of. Shame on me, but it is what it is. I've got it on my list and now it's going to be part of my content marketing plan. When I have guests on my podcast for a marketing review, I always do some marketing promotion of the episode and this collab feature is ideal for this. So what I can do is when I put up the post to share about the new episode with a guest, I should be using that collab feature and tagging that person as long as they're a user on Instagram, of course. 
And then this way, the post gets put on both of our profile feeds and helps us reach both of our audiences and communities versus waiting and hoping sometimes the other person saw your tag and acts on it. So when you have any joint venture projects like this, putting content out in this way and using the Instagram collab feature is going to be really helpful. But always make sure you inform the other person you're doing this. So don't get out there and start randomly hitting collabs with other people that you really are not collaborating with. You want to do this when there's something relevant to the two parties and you do want to have that collaboration feature used. It really is a cool feature and it's a way that you can reach out to more people. So that would be my last and final bonus strategy and best practice on social media and helping you maximize what you're doing with your social media marketing. It's all about helping you reach more people, get more traffic to your website, bringing in more leads, leads turn into more clients, and that's how you're going to build a thriving business or practice. So be sure to go back and check out all the tips through the transcript as well. And you'll find those on the show notes page at marketingyourprivatepractice.com slash 72. Now, the last thing I want to mention here is this episode is dropping on November 28th. And that means there are still a few days left in my Black Friday promotion that is happening on my self-study courses and a big bonus package on the Thrive Marketing Academy. So you can definitely go to my website, pepperitmarketing.com to check those out. There's 50% off on my self-study programs, which are the Ultimate Marketing Content Planner, the How to Use Canva to Create Eye-Catching Images for Your Marketing, Fast and Easy, and the Interactive Pricing Calculator that helps you figure out your billable hourly rate and learn and understand how you can price your group programs, courses, memberships, so that you're making a profit based on both what you're putting into the course and the time you're putting into it. And there's a big Black Friday bonus package going on with the Thrive Marketing Academy too. And I have to say, this academy program has really been changing businesses out there. One of the members who recently finished her year in the program was sharing how her practice doubled their client bookings since she joined. And it feels really good knowing what I taught her about her foundations and her marketing helped make that happen. She actually commented to me that the marketing used to feel to her like a smoky mirror and now it's a window. And I love that visual. And that's why I love running the cohorts of the Thrive Marketing Academy that I do. So the bonus offers a $1,250 bonus package. Bonus, bonus, bonus. I can't say that enough, I guess. (laughs) But this package actually includes not paying for 30 days. So you get a bonus month for free. Join for free. You'll get access to everything in the academy that everybody else has always gotten access to when they join up. And then your year in the program begins 30 days later. So if in that 30 days you decide the program is not for you, we'll cancel your payments. And it's still a win-win because you're going to walk away with the Canva training program and the interactive pricing calculator for free because both of those are included with your registration in the academy. You can buy them separately, of course. We have them on our Black Friday sale but they're also part of the package. So if you are at all interested in that, be sure to book a Thrive Discovery Call with me and there will be a link to that in the show notes as well. And that is everything I wanted to share with all of these best practices on social media and be sure to check out all of the links to the resources, the extra podcast episodes I mentioned for some background info and you'll find those on the show notes page wherever you're listening to this podcast. And this is Kathy Koliakovo signing off and saying thanks for tuning in, folks. 
I'm really happy to have you here listening in. I've had a lot of people reaching out and saying how some of these podcast episodes are really helping them. So if that's you, I would love if you could take a moment and do a review on Apple Podcasts or some of the other channels, Spotify and Overcast, if you're listening to the podcast there as well. And please reach out to me if you're interested in talking about joining the Thrive Marketing Academy. The program is open all year round, but we do have some extra bonuses happening right now. And I want to leave you with one last thing. Remember, to thrive in practice is not all about doing those sexy things in marketing. It is not all about the fad marketing tactics that you hear because honestly, they don't work much better than fad dieting does. And I know all you nutritionists and dietitians listening there, you know what I'm talking about. Fad dieting doesn't work any better than fad marketing. Thriving in practice means starting with your foundations and building on the base from there with the systems, the messaging, and the content that will help you reach your ideal client and grow your practice with sustainable clients. This is Kathy Koliakovo, and I'll see you next time. You can find all of our show notes and resources mentioned at marketingyourprivatepractice.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at pepperitmarketing and say hi. I'd love to hear any feedback you have and make sure to rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe on your favorite player so you don't miss any future episodes.